This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Today on the Phil Scott Audio Experience, we have a guest. And our guest, her name, she goes by the name of Podcast is it Bay or how you say it? <laughs> Podcast Bay is a variation of my last name, Bailey. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure I, I said it right. I did not want to mess up the young sister's uh, podcast handle or anything. Um, you know, she had hit me up, you know, in my comments and say, Hey, you know, brother, I like to, uh, you know, do, do a little work with you. And you know, the thing mm-hmm. is about uh, people like Miss Brittany here is I like people who just get started and I'm going to tell you why before I say anything else and let her talk. I like people to just get started because a lot of times, you know, people who have established platforms already kind of set in a mode. And sometimes, like I tell people, I hate ego. That's, my, that's one thing I can't stand is ego. And usually when people start off new, they're not on that. They're just trying to, you know, get in where they fit in. So I love that. So outside of that, Miss Brittany, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so Miss Brittany, tell us about your podcast. We're interested in know about it. Okay, so my podcast is called Echo of the Past, and it pretty much relates history, like historical facts, to social issues that are going on today. Uh, so the plan is to get people inspired, like those issues that those turbulent problems that people had in the past. If they could get past it, you definitely can handle those issues today. And yeah, it's pretty much. And so I got the name Echo of the Past. It's like it from Vincent Hugo, who was a uh, he was a writer way back, way back then. And I just that that really captured my attention. So I just made the name Echo of the Past. All right. So in school, history was something that you was really you know liked. Yeah, history is one of those subjects that came easy to me. Like, it was probably the only, history and economics are, like, the only subjects that I had honors and, like, AP classes in. Because I was just, like, I excelled at history, but it wasn't our history. So I felt like our history was underrepresented in in every factor. I mean, all we knew was, like, start from slavery, and that's it, where our history is very rich. And our culture is very rich, and I feel like we deserve more. Now, I agree with you on that, you know, a thousand percent, because like I said, they literally indoctrinate us into racism, white supremacy, the way they teach us about history, because in school, they just teach us, we were just some, you know, some slaves, and, you know, they may talk about a few figures in between that, and they bring you up to Mm -hmm. Martin Luther King, they don't talk about no one else, just those approved people. Um, that they wanted. So you said that your particular show will bridge issues in the past to today, correct? Yes, all the unheard voices throughout history so they can be discovered, essentially. Okay, so give me a person that you use to tie something into today. Oh, one person I really, really love. Um, let's see, we have Sarah Bartman. She was the first woman. So she had, 
and she actually was a slave who was brought to France and she was like pretty much like just objectified throughout the countries through Europe and um they used her as a scientific ploy to uh convey what a, bo- a woman's body should look like and that's why when you see those Victorian dresses span outwards from like the 1800s or that white women used to wear that was from Sarah Bartman's body type and um we have, there's so many people. Um, I also have uh, one of my first episodes. We talked about uh, see. Maggie L. Walker. She was the first woman to charter a bank, a financial institution, and it actually withstood the Great Depression. And this was a black woman. And you can also uh, categorize that with the people of Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we have Black Wall Street. There was a lot of things black people did in finance alone that created history. But, of course, that was swept under the rug and didn't have any much representation. Right. And, and, and of course, they don't want us to know any of this at all. And that's what, you know, get us just to you know, just make you just so, so upset when you sit in school all that time and then you feel lied to. Cause like for me, I got so pissed off when I started learning all, you know, the truth of what, mm-hmm. you know, about our culture and, and our history, because, you know, like, you know, some people, I understand, you know, like I said, I understand slavery and, and my ancestors and your ancestors went through it. And, yeah. and, and like I said, I will never, 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 never forget it. And I always will talk about it, but we did a whole lot more way before the transatlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why when people say, like, I always bring this up with, like, Colin Kaepernick and, like, uh, kneeling for the flat, like, for the national anthem. Those white people are so adamant and passionate about, like, standing up for their founding fathers because they, they have Thomas Jefferson to look forward to. They have, like, Abraham Lincoln. Those people are reputable people in their world that they can always look back on and they were like, these are pioneers for the country. And with us having that underrepresentation, we don't have many people and many figures to look back on. And that's why the, I think the passion is lost or we've been also forced to, and, and told many lies about ourselves to not value ourselves the way they value themselves, you know? Yes. Because if you like separate a, a people from their history, their culture, th- that way we feel lost. So when you connect history, you know, you connecting back us to who we really are. Exactly. And once you know who you are, that's dangerous. Once we know who we are, that that's a dangerous thing. Yes, ma'am. Especially for the racist and white supremacists. Sure. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so, let me, so let me, speaking about history, because once you get into the history, um, you, for me, at least, um, it kind of makes me upset. Have you ever had that kind of response to learning history? It's definitely infuriating to know certain things like down to a T, like, uh, just stumbling across certain things. Like there's a museum that showcased all the racist caricatures of black people, like from ranging from little characters of babies black babies being fed to alligators because they called it alligator bait or um just defacing statues in in like egypt and stuff like those kind of things it just makes it's infuriating more than anything 
And it's like uh, having our history just stripped from us. I mean, I don't, I know some people do Ancestry.com. I wouldn't even bother because I wouldn't even know where to begin or, or what's true or, you know, it's just awful. And, and do you notice that when you look at history, especially with the white supremacists, you notice nothing has changed with them? Yeah, they are like very hardcore and stick to their guns. Like the time periods may have changed, but that mentality is definitely still present. Now, as as a young black woman, I mean, um, how do you feel about that? Like living in America, um, you're studying, you know, history. You know, have you also started to, you know, look into the African history as well? Because all of that is is connected, you know, today and also, you know, with the past, etc. So what's your position on all that? Um, yeah, there's not a topic that I've covered yet that doesn't really date back to Africa. I even tried uh, doing a more unconventional episode. It was about goth culture, being alternative black, uh, where, you know, Look, kind of like Erica Badu, like how she dresses, like those blacks are underrepresented or they're just treated differently. And I'm like, oh, yeah, where does this all stem back to? Well, there's certain tribes in Africa who've had body modifications for centuries, uh, tattoos, all types of enhancements and things. So a lot of times people think like goth culture originated with white people and you have to fit into this box of just being pale, white and thin. When in reality, that stuff date back to Africa. And there's like so many varieties it, like in this life that dates back or originated in Africa. That's just like the tip of the iceberg. Like there's so many things that lies, the origin lies in Africa. Now, have you been to uh, an African nation yet? Uh, if I could afford it, I definitely would love to go to Africa. I mean, it just... Minus, like, all the colonization and stuff that's taking place, I, I would love. I still feel like there's a lot of potential there, and it is a beautiful, beautiful continent. Yeah, I know. I heard some people say that, that it's so expensive. and But, you know, I've shown so many people that you can get a round-trip ticket for $800. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. I yeah. guess when you put it into that perspective. Yeah, I, I could I could send you um, like like one of the two of the websites that that you know you could find those those kind of prices on you know like on Instagram, and that way you can look at it because I you know you can travel to Africa like it, it doesn't even cost much money once you get there because our money goes so much further. So yeah. you know I've told people sometimes with maybe two like I'm talking about total, sometimes maybe two thousand dollars you know or maybe a little bit more than that you could that'd be your flight you know, a hotel, you know, all the food, you can buy things and, and, right. still, and still have things left over. Cause you know, like I said, money real straight. And then, you know, under guys of your history, you know, you could go and start looking at the transatlantic slave trade, you know, from, uh, Nigeria to Ghana to, uh, the, the Gambia and also mm -hmm. Angola too, where we were taken. That would be good for you to see. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. I mean, when you put it into that perspective, I, think it is very much so affordable even though i'm in college but yeah that's something that's attainable and a lot of us i do believe a lot of us should go to africa um because there there's a lot of places that we vacation with with no question in mind like oh we'll go to costa rica or we'll go to uh, the dominican republic or this place or that place where 
the motherland is where you get a lot of insight, especially uh, an introspective on your own culture, you know? Right. Because, you know, last year we went to Ethiopia and that was my first time going to an African nation. And like I say, it just, it just really had a, you know, it, it changed me. And I've heard so many people say that before I went to, yeah, it's going to change you. And, and yeah, I understood once I, you know, I got mm-hmm. there and then next month we'd be going to Kenya. So, wow. yeah. So, you know, you, you got, you got to go. It's a lot of YouTubers are doing that now. Um, going, going to Africa. Like for me, when they say, let's go to, to Dominican Republic, they forget that Dominican Republic. I'm going yes. to Africa. <laughs> Africa got beautiful beaches. They have resorts. They have all the things you need right there in Africa. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I That's a great idea. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So you was also talking about, um, and, and I know you say you did the history of this when you're talking about uh, the med- medical. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, you know, during my research, you know, I was seeing that how dur- during slavery, the doctors at John Hopkins used to take our ancestors and ex- do all kind of, you know, let their doctors work on them, experiment on them. Um, but if you can expand on what you want to talk about with medical racism. Oh, yeah. So there was actually a slave woman by the name of Anarka Westcott. She was only 17 years old and she was a slave who underwent over 30 experimental procedures with no anesthesia. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Despite it being readily available at that time. So the doctor, J. Marion Sims, he was a self-proclaimed father of um, gynecology. They called him, he called himself father of modern gynecology. And he was a cruel mastermind who performed the surgeries. And he still had a statue standing in his honor in, at New York Central Park until 2018. That, like, 30 surgeries with no anesthesia. Uh, it was like a sadistic way uh, of doing that because he, he very easily could have just, you know, at least gave her the anesthesia. But he wanted her to suffer, which is, like, the most dehumanizing thing ever to me. And uh, it, it, it goes back um, like maternal mortality by definition is the death of a woman while pregnant or within 42 days post termination of pregnancy. So I always say like your grandma has a valid reason to not trust doctors like my grandma. She tells me stories uh, of how much like disparity she experienced. She has six children and she did not trust white doctors. I'm like, grandma, why you get this stigma against white doctors? Well, she told me her stories, and they were horrific. Yeah, a lot of black people are like that. To this day, they still don't trust a lot of white doctors. And I had a nurse practitioner on my show, and she was saying that a lot of the, you know, the the trust issue is valid, you know, due to a lot of experiments that's been done to us. And, and you know, just or just wrong diagnosis. Um, a lot of times they, they, you know, think black people could take more pain than others. Yeah. But she was saying that finding a black doctor, you know, you're not discounting the knowledge of someone else. Not to say you're not smart, 
mm-hmm. but a black doctor understand our culture and contribute to um, the diagnosis of black people. So, you yeah. know, definitely, you know, that that's why, you know, I believe in, you know, black teachers for our students, you know, my children, um, mm-hmm. you know, have a doctor, you know, unless you got another doctor that you could, you know, that's good with you or whatever, that's fine. But I do understand the mistrust. Yeah. And a lot of the early medical procedures were like rooted in this sadistic nature. It's like they did it for fun. And this is our family members we're we're talking about. And I just think it's like truly disturbing. And another example of medical racism is the Baltimore High School incident. Now, this was in 1991. So a lot of people were like alive when this happened. Uh, the medical uh, birth control, Norplant, was introduced in 1991 to 16- and 17-year-old students at Baltimore's predominantly black high school in an effort to sterilize these young women and reduce teen pregnancy. So Norplant was the same drug used as a coercive tactic for prison inmates to decide their prison sentence or sterilization from the drug Norplant. And uh, keep in mind, this was presented to 16- and 17-year-olds. So, like, what does this tell you? I mean, we had some unfair disparities in the medical field. And we had it on both sides because even the doctor, now this is the first physician. Her name is Rebecca Lee Crumpler. She was one out of 54,000 doctors. She was the only one that was black. 300 of them were women at that time. And she faced her own disparities. Um, she worked on slaves for Freedmen's Bureau to provide medical care. And she was... I mean, they made so much fun of her. Like, they said the MD in her name. It stood for mule driver to pharmacists, like, neglecting her prescriptions. They wouldn't fill them. And the male doctors just simply discredited her entire career. And so she created a book of medical discourses to just present to women and children because she combated maternal mortality back then. And I thought that was pretty, pretty brave of her to go through, especially in the heat of slavery, because this was all slavery didn't end to 1865. And she was doing all of this before then. So she was a pretty honorable lady. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the, the, the sisters and brothers back then went through a whole lot. Oh, my God, they went through a whole lot, but they persevered. So how can you connect that to today and what we're dealing with in the age of Donald J. Trump? Well, yeah, the way we have to combat this, um, I call this my measurable objective. We have to promote and invest into nonprofits rooted in the cause of prevention for maternal mortality and advocates for women's health. Like a great nonprofit organization example would be the White Ribbon Alliance for Safe Motherhood. There's so many like probably in your own communities. Like I can only pitch the ones like for Cleveland. Um, and some of the ones that you can Google, but I'm pretty sure if you check the status of any ones in your own community, you can find some great ones to donate to. And then we also have to continue defending the Affordable Care Act. A lot of us rely on Medicaid for maternal care, and if we join the fight by at least sharing and reposting information of others on social media, you have your own word in that fight. So you're saying that you say it's a nonprofit, but outside of, outside of that, I mean, because, you know, just for me personally, just my mm-hmm. opinion, 
um, nonprofits is not going to be the answer to a lot of our problems. Yeah. Um, we, we definitely need radical change like a lot of them fought for. Like, you know, your Malcolm X's, your the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, you know, your Fred Hamptons, you know, pe people like that. Um, you know, because right now it's going on in the black community and, you know, it's not good. You know, a lot of things aren't good. Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned the infant mortality rate. And then, you know, my thing is, is abortion as well. Um, yeah. I know people want to say what they want to say about abortion, but at the end of the day, we've had 20 million black children that have been aborted. And we, what if we had those 20 million black people here in America? And now we're not even the number one, um, you know, let's say non-white, non-white yeah. uh, group. Now it's a uh, Hispanics. But if you think about it, we had those 20 million black people that wouldn't be going down like that. Right. And I know there's definitely other factors that tie into abortion, because, again, with this um, statistic regarding um, pregnancy and maternal mortality, abortion is included in that. Um, so there's a lot of factors that do tie into the high rate of infant mortality in our in our community. But that's why my strongest fight, my strongest word in this fight, I would say, is to have more people are people leading in healthcare. That's why we do need more black doctors, female doctors and male doctors, because we will instill that trust in each other if we have if we see someone that looks like ourselves working, wearing that white coat, essentially. And so that's my biggest proposal of all is to have more representation in the medical field. And even then, because in light of the Purdue Pharma business that's recently like a filing for bankruptcy as of this week they are going down for having one of the highest roles in the opioid crisis and Rebecca Lee Crumpler even in the 1800s because um, she was like a heavy advocate for homeopathy which is a medical treatment you which uses like minute doses of natural substances to heal patients so sometimes you have to go outside of um what's told by big pharma and those doctors because they are all connected and we have to learn our natural remedies and and look up different ways to take care of ourselves because they don't, they don't have our best interests at heart no they don't and you know you talk about this opioid crisis you know i know you told me earlier which age you know is and i'm not going to repeat your age on here but <laughs> i grew up in the time period of the crack epidemic and i got to see you know, this drug coming to the black community and just, you know, devastate families. Uh, I got to see 12, you know, running up in people's house, you know, breaking up families, uh, you know, separating, you know, the children, you know, from their parents, locking people up for just, you know, one crack rock in their pocket. I mean, that drug, you know, it, it caused a lot of violence, you know, at the time period, people selling drugs, people, you know, fighting for turf, you know, whatever. And no one had, any kind of sympathy for the black community at all for the children, the women, the men, nobody. Oh yeah. So, so fast forward to today, when you talk about that opioid, I don't know if you checked out uh Dave Chappelle's uh, sticks and stones. On no, I know exactly what he said. No. So like with Purdue pharma, now that's a little different. Like the drugs they're distributing. Oh, believe me, like opioid crisis in Ohio. Like we have the epicenter for like heroin addiction. I, and I'm not talking about that. Like, 
these drugs that they're distributing is what's making big mama's legs swell. These are making your grandfather, like, get his feet amputated. Like, I've seen this. Like, I come from a family with, like, a lot, five generations in. Like, there's multiple generations alive at once. So I'm watching these people go in and out the doctor. They're getting prescribed this, prescribed that, not given any kind of, drug like any kind of treatment along the lines of homeopathy and that's what we depend on as as black people like we think that the answer is all what the doctor says and you're giving these drugs i don't know if you ever like you ever experienced that or seen someone go through that where they take one medication it causes a side effect then you have to take a drug to counter that side effect and it's just an ongoing cycle and so that person unfortunately passes away like i've seen that and that's what this big company is going down for yeah but like what dave Chappelle was talking about yeah, it's true like they had no compassion for the, the crack academic and uh it, it shows yeah right right and you know yeah talking about the medicines you know yeah you gotta be careful with medicine you put in your body because you know if you have people that say you know like even with a lot of cancers they say you know well the disease didn't really kill them the treatment did you know yeah so 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 you have to just really you know definitely you know of course watch our diet they put a lot of chemicals in the food and all that you know they would definitely weaponize the food against us especially as you know as black people mm -hmm. you know in poor areas they put the worst of the worst food out there you know for us but you know Brittany, uh how can people find your podcast oh so i'm on spotify anchor i'm on multiple platforms and i won't list them but you can definitely find me at podcast.bay on instagram there's a link in my bio that will connect you to all platforms including my youtube channel all right okay okay so yeah that's right so you have a, a way to for a person to hit the link and then they link it to everything so ladies and gentlemen that will be listening to the podcast make sure <laughs> you connect on her instagram go over there give us some followers um, and ask her any kind of question. Maybe you want her to cover uh, a certain topic over there. You know, I'm pretty sure she'll welcome you guys in. So, Brittany, I definitely thank you for you know joining me today, especially with the tropical storm waging outside. Uh, right, so be safe. <laughs> oh yeah, the the wind and rain is hitting the window right now. I'm listening uh -oh. to it, but um, oh yeah, that's part of living in, in, in Texas. We'll we, we survive. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I thank you so much for having me on this episode. I truly appreciate it. And I hope you just keep growing and growing. <laughs> All right, you too. And uh, we, I'll keep, a, keep an eye out, see, see what you're doing. And um, like I said, you can always come back. All right. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. All right, you too.